sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. Christian nationalism has been a major topic in the media these days and has taken some blame for what's been happening in our country. So I've asked my friend and colleague who serves as one of the religious liberty staff for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in our Atlanta office to talk about his view of Christian nationalism and its role in the recent upheavals, the January 6th attack on Congress. So Kevin James, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Thank you, Alan. It's good to be back. Appreciate it. First of all, Christian nationalism, tell our listeners, what is it? How do you understand Christian nationalism? Well, Christian nationalism does have, I think, various, uh, what can I say, definitions, you might say. I think, basically, the definition that I work with is the it's kind of a blend church and patriotism, church and state, in which there's the belief that this nation was founded a Christian nation legally, and that was the intent of the founders, and that there is a need for Christians to fulfill their Christian obligations in electing officials that will uphold Christian values and norms within the institutions of government in our land. That's really what they believe. They believe we're losing it. Uh, it's it's not a new phenomenon, as I know you know that. It's it's one that's kind of carried with us for a long time. But that's kind of the working one that I work with right now. And obviously, there's a lot more we can say about it. But talk about the influence of Christian nationalism in terms of the post-election movement to discredit the election results and ultimately that led to the, the violence and the assault on the Capitol on January 6th. Yeah, Christian nationalism definitely has been a, a huge influence and has had a tremendous boost given to it by the election of Donald Trump four years ago. It, uh, it empowered Christian nationalism um, and um, it, it's, or was very evident over the four years, uh, especially in Maine, uh, many main uh, Christian organizations uh, that were in support of Trump. And, and a lot of people have argued that even with me, not thinking that that's necessarily a, a true perspective to have. But on January 6th, I don't know how anybody could have missed it. And uh, that was a day in which I, I was going to spend my lunch and the rest of the day watching the boring certification of the, of the election, which is what we do every election. Um, I was one that had, because the way the four years had gone, I'd been having some concern over different steps that were leading up to the certification, you know, the, the election by the electors in December and, and finally getting through the whole process of counting all the votes, especially here in Georgia. And I was kind of concerned about um, serious issues maybe coming up during that time. We passed all of that, got to January 6th. I'm sitting there thinking that we're just going to watch a normal process go and, and see how it would go. And um, interestingly enough, the cameras began to turn away from what was happening inside the chambers. And um, there is this large group of people that are definitely Trump supporters 
were moving on the Capitol. Now, I never saw the speech that the president gave, or I, I didn't really even know about this group, to be honest with you. But here was this group. And um, as you and I know, Alan, having been to the Capitol many, many times in our ministry, you just don't go up those big stairwell that goes up to the, the Capitol building. You always well, go no, because there's a new visitor center they built several years ago, and you have to go in through the visitor center. You go down to the side, you go through all that. Well, I was noticing, I looked a little concerned with all the people moved right up against the barricades that are normally there. And then to see the group proceed up that staircase on both sides was really shocking because that's just what you don't do. And then as things were unfolding, they got to the top of it. And what really struck out to me at this time, as they're cutting in and out between what's going on in the chamber and what's happening on the outside, it came to a point where there was actually this very bright yellow large poster that somebody was holding up at the top of the steps near the door getting into the Capitol at the top there saying, Jesus saves. And I thought, wow, that's uh, an interesting statement to be making while, you know, they're pushing up outside the limits where they're supposed to be on that on the Capitol grounds. And then there, somebody stuck a large banner up on the side of the building that said Jesus 2020. And then I really got more concerned as I was watching Christian flags being intermingled with all the various flags that were in this group. You could see them moving around. And I thought, wow, I cannot believe that there would be people doing this in the name of Jesus. I mean, they're violating the law by just going up those steps, number one. That's, that's out of bounds. People just don't go there for safety reasons. Now, I didn't know at that time what was happening inside, but I did get an inference of what was happening inside while I was watching because I watched while they actually exited Vice President Pence from the chamber and began to exit the representatives out of their chamber, and you knew something was wrong. And then there was messages that the Capitol building had been breached, and it went on from there. Now, the next day, it became even more concerned in that when they were showing the video clips of ones that were rioting themselves, had posted on social media for all to see. There is a clip where the rioters are moving into the rotunda fighting against the Capitol Police. It was trying to hold the line, but it was impossible with a number of people. And, uh, and there was a gentleman waving a Bible over all of the situation. And um, it come to a point then at that point, my heart was really breaking for the fact that the name of our Savior was being used um, an insurrection, seditious act by Americans themselves. Uh, by Christians themselves, or those that proclaim to be Christians. That was the clearest evidence that Christian nationalism exists, and it also shows how fervent this Christian nationalism is, willing to challenge and break the bonds of our democracy by trying to shut down a legitimate democratic process. Basically trying to seize power in the name of Jesus. Yeah. To pursue a Christian agenda. That's correct. And not respect the democratic process. That's correct. Yeah. I didn't think as an attorney, I didn't think that the Bush versus Gore decision was handled well. I thought that the votes should have all been counted, you know, regardless of the outcome. Correct. But the Supreme Court decided and Gore conceded, you know, 
and we had a peaceful transition of power from a democratic to a republican government, right? We did. Um, this was the first time in our history, well, since the Civil War, that we've had this kind of violence at our nation's capital. Well, at the capital, I think the first time since uh, the War of 1812 when the British burned the capital, right? That so you're telling me is what you observed in watching for a number of hours, because I'm so busy fighting civil rights cases and, and religious discrimination cases. You know, I caught a little bit of the video, um, you know, but I, I didn't have hours to watch like you did. But you really saw Christian nationalism on display. People were attacking the Capitol in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I had and there was a big cross there out on the lawn, right? Uh, yeah, that was later. That was uh, later in the week, of course. And, uh, um, and well, you know, what about I, the Jericho yeah. march? That whole Jericho march. Yeah, exactly. That really kind of sketched me out. Kevin, I got to say, because all of it gave it the clear signals of Christian nationalism. And, you know, I just like you, I've been working on civil rights cases and I was working on them that day. I just happened to set them off the side and had to put them on a back burner just a little bit, especially as uh, insurrection. Uh, I think the secular media totally it went right over their heads. What is a Jericho march? Right. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you and I know what happened in Jericho. They march around the city seven times, boom, yeah. why blow the trumpets, the walls come down, and, you know, they massacre the inhabitants of Jericho, right? Yeah. So, I mean, to, to call something a Jericho march is inherently to incite violence, because that's the outcome is what is it that they were, whose walls were supposed to come down? Right. What were... I don't know, but it, it was really troubling to me that you call something a Jericho march and you're invoking the power of God Almighty to do what? To tear down an elected government and replace it uh, with the one that you think, you know, should have been there in the first place or should be allowed to continue. And mind you, for this discussion, we are not taking sides on, you know, we're not telling anybody whether you should like, you know, vote for Trump or vote for whoever, you know, that's not the issue we're talking about. We're talking about Christian nationalism and how it has been a threat to our democracy. But let's take a step back. Well, we've just got about two minutes um, because... You know, the Bible says that God will establish his kingdom when Jesus returns, but not until then. And this whole notion of somehow conflating America with the kingdom of God and how we have to be a Christian commonwealth of some kind, what's wrong with that idea, Kevin? Well, it's, um, it's theologically incorrect, and I think it empowers Christians with a false notion of what they're uh, duty is in the world as ambassadors of reconciliation. Um, it distorts it and, uh, it, it leads to the kind of, um, actions that we saw on the Capitol building where there's actually violence being done in the name of Christ. Now, I don't find any place in scripture where Jesus was violent towards any government or any individual at all in sharing the gospel. And he was the uh, reconciliation between God and man himself. And so our work as as ambassadors of reconciliation, that's exactly what we are in Scripture, our identity in Christ is 
to be peacemakers, which are called the children of God. And uh, it's only through the influence and um, power of love, self-sacrificing love, that the kingdom advances in this world. But it's not to establish any nation as some center for the activities of God's grace. That's not it at all. Christ's kingdom is working through his church. It's a spiritual kingdom, and it's a process by which hearts are being invited to become a part of, of God's reconciliation, and that he will, he will end things in the end when everybody's had the chance and opportunity to accept or reject the overtures of his grace. And um, so that's what I see as the problem. When you start leading on with false theology, you end up with the kind of uh, uh, displays of Christianity that are not according to Scripture nor the Spirit of Christ. Um, and I dare say alienating many who are not Christian and saying, correct. well, if that's what the church is, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want any part of it. That's correct. Right? If it's violent and demanding and oppressive, etc. That's right. Our guest today has been Kevin James, who serves as associate in the Department of Public Affairs and Religious Liberty for the Southern Union Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. My good friend and colleague, it's been a pleasure to have you again with us on Freedom's Ring today, Kevin. Good to be with you, Alan. Thank you. Our topic, Christian nationalism. This has been Freedom's Ring. As we close, remember, friends, at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help workers suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org, churchstate.org. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association producer of Freedom's Ring on the web at religiousliberty.info. And you can listen to Freedom's Ring on our SoundCloud radio station or on iTunes. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.